Okay, here we go. I'll put it in reverse. Got it. Now forward. Okay. First. Now turn the wheel. Turn the wheel. No, reverse. Reverse. Don't kill it. Kill it. Kill the owner. There's a reason they say cursed like a sailor. In reverse. Many reasons. Progressive's boat insurance has you covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Well, we're back now. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home an auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all stages or situations. Welcome to another edition of the NBA Front Office Show, part of the Almighty Baller Network. I am your host, Keith Smith, and I am really pleased to be welcomed by Jason Pat of FanRag Sports today. We're going to get deep into the Chicago Bulls and talk their offseason and everything that might be going on with the Bulls here as we move into what could be a big offseason for them, depending on how a couple of decisions go. So I'm going to kick it over to Jay to kind of introduce himself and all that. Just full disclosure, Jay is one of my bosses with FanRag Sports, so i got to be really nice to him on the course of this show. But, Jay, thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. Yep, thanks for having me on. Like you said, from FanRag Sports, the managing editor, content manager, whatever you want to call that. And then I also do do some Bulls, Bulls stuff as well with Espination's bloggable site. Uh, you can see some of my work there. I don't do as much over there as I used to do, but I still I was still chipping a piece there and there, and obviously follow the Bulls very closely. And I'm really really excited to talk about some uh, thrilling Bulls basketball <laughs> after uh, just an outstanding season they had. Nice 41 and 41. I think that's what I think they went 500, and then they then they almost shocked the world in the playoffs. And then they <laughs> fell apart after Rayshon Rondo got hurt and back to misery again. That's it, yeah. So, so, and that's why I get you on is to talk to Bulls. I know you're still, you know, a Bulls fan at heart and watch them quite a bit. So you did get it right, 41 and 41. We always start this show by looking back before we can look forward. So 41 and 41, eighth in the Eastern Conference. Their offense was eh, not so good. 107.4 offensive rating, which was 20th in the NBA. Defense was pretty good. 107 defensive rating, which was sixth in the NBA, and then 20th in pace. Just you know, people still. I still get these people who think Rajon Rondo is this up-tempo, push-the-ball point guard, and you have to explain to him, he is not. He, he never really was that, um, and that's not certainly not what he is at his age at this point in his career. But, Jay, walk us through a little bit of how the season went, what, what you expected. Did it go as you expected, better or worse? Where do you think things went for the Bulls in 2017? So let's, let's rewind all the way to last summer when they traded Derrick Rose they were finally looking like they were going to maybe rebuild around Jimmy Butler, start new. They would talk about getting younger and more athletic. They traded Rose. It made sense. They let Paul Gasol and Joaquin Noah walk. Great, great decisions. And then they signed Rajon Rondo and Dwayne Wade, make the three alphas, hashtag three alphas, whole thing. I didn't like that at all. I know a lot of fans didn't like it. 
some people were kind of excited. Dwayne Wade, big name. Rayshon Rondo, big name. But I never had really high expectations for them. I believe before the season I predict, predicted that they would get the eighth seed, and I was right on the money. They snuck in at the very end of the season. I believe they were tied with the Heat in record, but they had the tiebreaker, so they got in over them. And the whole season was kind of just kind of just a mess, which was kind of like last year. Too. The last couple seasons have just been kind of miserable. The the three alphas thing was not very good. Uh, Razan Rondo got benched. He was bad for most of the year. He came on strong at the end of the year, but he was bad for most of the year. Dwayne Wade is Dwayne Wade at this point, 35, 36 years old. He had his moments, but he's just not there consistently. Uh, their young players aren't very good. Basically, the only reason they made the playoffs was that Jimmy Butler took another leap in his game, and he was basically really the only reason worth watching the Bulls this season. He, whatever you want to call him, superstar, star. He, he played like a top ten player this year. He made all NBA. So that was exciting to watch when he would kind of put the team on his back at times. But for the, but even he was involved with the drama, and there's obviously been trade rumors with them, and there was the whole thing with him and Dwayne Wade calling the team out. And they got benched for a game, and then Rayshon Rondo had the Instagram post. Just a lot of drama around the team. They had so, and when they went to the playoffs with the Boston Celtics series, they won those first two games on the road. Everyone got all excited, and then Rayshon Rondo broke his hand, and the Bulls got smoked the next four games, and that was it. And basically, the way they went out just just was t- meekly terrible. It was basically kind of fitting, which and it was kind of crazy because Rondo was so bad for much of the year. He kind of turned it on after he got put back in the starting lineup at, like, the last month. He played really well in that game, too, and everyone was talking about, oh, oh Rajon Rondo, Rajon Rondo. But I, I, it's, it was overall, it was not a fun year. And I'm really curious to see how what they do moving forward. Like, I, I'm, not, I'm honestly not that sure. They're, they're bringing basically everybody. It's, I guess we'll talk about that moving forward. But, yeah, for the, whole, for the most part, mediocre season. Weak finish in the playoffs after some excitement. It was basically a fitting way to end. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't say it any better than that, right? It was a you know perfectly disappointing season. I was not high on them at all, just with the matchups, with especially the Wade Rondo backcourt. Yeah. I watched Rondo every game he ever played as a Celtic. I watched as someone who covers the Celtics pretty in depth, and he he couldn't shoot then, he can't shoot now. Wade's never really been a shooter. I know he had a handful early in the season. Everybody's like, oh look, Wade can shoot now. And I was like, I think the 15 years of track record tells us he can't. Um, but you said it. Let's move forward. So the first thing that kind of, I guess, didn't happen was that the whole front office, so Gar Foreman and John Paxson returned, as well as uh, head coach Fred Hoiberg. And I think there was a lot of speculation on all fronts that those guys would not all necessarily be back next year. Is that something you were surprised by? I'm not surprised that they're all back. I know Bulls fans are fed up with the front office. They've not been good for years. And I know there were some fans that even tried to get had like a thing at a Bulls game this year where like a fire Garpax chance after the Bulls got eliminated or that last game that game six when they got eliminated by the Celtics I'm pretty sure there were very loud fire Hoiberg chants from the United Center crowd and but yeah I, even so Hoiberg this is the second year the second year of a five year deal I'm pretty sure all that money is guaranteed I did not think he'd get fired after two years especially since they were able to sneak in the playoffs the front office. I thought maybe if they missed the playoffs, maybe Gar Foreman would be fired. I don't think John Paxson. I feel like there's a running joke among Bulls fans that John Paxson has a job for life since he was a Bulls player. He won a title with the team. He's been with the team forever. He was a radio announcer. He was he was the GM for a long time before he, before Gar Foreman came in to be the GM, and then he Paxson got promoted. 
So it doesn't seem like they're going anywhere anytime soon. Manage or the ownership, the Reinsdorf, they they seem to really like these guys. They said they at least love Paxton. Foreman, I think, could be on a little more thin ice. And if they struggle again next year, depending on what happens this summer and what happens next year, Foreman and Hoiberg might be gone. And speaking of Hoiberg, there was a rumor yesterday about uh, Ohio State being interested in him, but he he squashed that immediately. And I'm not that surprised. He's making what like five million a year with the Bulls. He's still got all these three, all these years on his contract list. So even though it's been a and it's been a tough job for him with the fit with the roster, doesn't really fit with his coaching style. Still a lot of money. It's still in the NBA. I don't know if he really wants to go back to college and do the recruiting thing again. So all in all, I'm not surprised any of them are back. Can't say I'm very happy about it, but not surprised. Yeah, I think every single Bulls fan I've talked to feels the same way. They're all they, they all say some version of we're not surprised and Reinsdorf isn't playing people to not be here. So they all seem kind of resigned to this is how it's going to be and it is what it is. So. So, all right, so they're all still there. So now that turns into the front office. They've got a pretty big decision to, to make, and that revolves around Jimmy Butler. We saw pretty strong rumors leading up to the trade deadline that he potentially was on the block. Teams were making offers. The Bulls ultimately chose to, to keep him, and that's probably the only reason they made the playoffs, as you alluded to earlier, because he was so good. So what it kind of – where we want to go with this now is – do you think when we get to opening night in the, towards the end of October, middle to end of October, is Jimmy Butler still on the Chicago Bulls? I would say yes. There's the signs that have been coming out lately point to him being back. He just had a meeting with management earlier this week, and it seems like they told him that they're committed to him, even though after the at the uh, the end of season press conference, there was some tepid praise there from from John Paxson, Gar Foreman. They've They've always talked kind of weird when talking about him in terms of whether they want to build around him, build with him. I'm not sure if they totally believe in him as a star player that they can build around. He was obviously great this year, and I think he is worth building around. But when you do look at the team, like, as they're built right now, there is a, it makes a lot of sense to look to trade him. I, like, I'm a big fan of Jimmy Bowler. I would prefer not to, but where they are with the mediocrity and – with their roster, there's not, not that many young players, and they can really use an infusion of young talent. It makes sense to go and look for a big trade. And I know, obviously, a lot of the rumors have been with the Boston Celtics, because the Celtics have all those assets. I cannot imagine the Celtics trade the number one pick now, and they can just take Markel Fultz. Maybe they do, but from what I can tell, it seems like they're probably going to keep that pick. The, the Celtics have other assets the Bulls could look at. They still have that Nuts pick next year. But ultimately, I don't think the Celtics are going to do that. I feel like... I don't know. Just, I think they might just stick with the number one pick, stick with those assets, and maybe try to sign Gordon Hayward or something like that. And if you look at other teams the Bulls could trade with, the Lakers, the Sixers, the Suns, those other teams in the high draft picks, I mean, those teams could probably put together good packages. But I think at this point the Bulls would really need to be blown away by a trade. They'd really have to get a trade where they'd get multiple young assets back. And I'm not. Even, I'm still not even totally sure if they actually want to rebuild because I think a lot because I don't know if they want to go into a situation where they're going to lose whatever, tank for a few years, not get that playoff revenue. Because if they have Jimmy Butler, they're probably going to be at least close to a playoff team and they can get that extra revenue. And we know the Bulls love love being financial champions and at least trying to put on that facade of competitiveness. So overall, I would guess that he is on the team next year, but I think that they should look into trading him, even though I love the guy and I think that they should try to build it on smartly. I just don't have faith in the front office to do that. Yeah, I want to tag on to something you said right at the end there about the, about the rebuild. 
it's been made pretty clear. Jerry Reinsdorf doesn't want to rebuild. He wants the playoff team every year. You know, he doesn't ever really want to go into into the tank and go. Even when they got Derrick Rose as the number one overall pick, that wasn't something that was by design. It just kind of worked out that, that way and happened. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, so that's, that's what leads me to uh, Jimmy Butler not being traded. Now, if he was... You're absolutely right. It should be a premium, massive package that would have to return. He's still under contract for two more seasons before then having a player option in 2019. He turns 28 before the start of the season, so you're going to get plenty of good years out of him. He's really blossomed as a solid all-around player. There's really not anything he can't do on the floor at this point. So if they were going to move him, it would have to be for a big package. So we're in agreement that... They probably won't, but they probably should at least consider it, which means they probably won't do that either. And he'll probably be right back on the Bulls. So so that's going to take us then into, really into the the depth of the offseason here. So offseason details, so I'm going to go through these real quick. They can get to a max of 52.3 million max cap space. Now what that would mean is all of the free agents are gone. All of the non-guaranteed guys are gone. They only eat the guaranteed money that's left, and that's where they could get to. Now, that's completely unlikely because that's probably not going to happen. So I, my projection for the Bulls has them at $16.8 million, where I have projected them out, and, and I know we were talking off air before we started, and you see, see it a little different, so I'm glad, is I have Dwayne Wade opting in. Then I think... They'll keep in or they'll issue a qualifying offer to Nikola Mirotic and make him restricted free agent and do the same with Cristiano Felicio. But then I think everybody else is gone. I think they're going to let Kanan go. I think they're going to let Carter Williams go. I think they'll let Joffrey Laverne go. I think they'll let Anthony Morrow go. And probably most surprisingly, the one that I'm really on the fence about, but I do think that there's a good chance they're going to let Rajon Rondo go. But, Jay, hit me with your thoughts. Who do you think of that group is back, is not back, where, where do you think that's going to go? So the part where we do, do disagree is the Rondo thing. And I'm also, I would, personally, I'd be on the fence. I really don't want him back because for as good as he was like the last month and he had the great playoff game, he was terrible for like three quarters of the season. He was one of the worst offensive players in the league. He's, if you look at like true shooting percentage and like per minute, for a certain amount of minutes, he was towards the bottom of the league. He was sulking. His defense is lazy. So I, I almost think that his last whatever month or so was him just kind of turning it on because I think he realized, hey, if I don't wake up, like I might be out of the league next year. So I'm like, if they bring him back, and from and from what they've said, what the management said, what it's been reported, it sounds like they're they they're gonna they want to bring him back. That that last surge that that they showed him enough, and that apparently he's really well liked by the young guys on the team. That they like him in the locker room, which is kind of crazy to think about. Rondo being loved in the locker room considering the stuff that's happened with him lately, but all signs point to him being back and that they're going to guarantee the rest of his things like 13-some million. So, I, 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 like I said, I would not be thrilled about it. I guess I get it. But I think where the real problem lies is then when we go into the Dwayne Wade thing. He's owed, I think, a 23.8 million player option. At his age and effectiveness, I just don't see why he would turn that down. I mean, he's going to be 30, 36 years old, I believe. Who's going to be paying Dwayne Wade, who we can clearly see his effectiveness is waning as a player? Who's going to pay him that much money? I know there were some off, off the Bulls paid them last summer. There were other big offers on the table, but I, I would hope at this point that teams would be smart enough not to offer a big contract and that he's just going to take that money, this money, this big contract, and stay at home. And I think that's the problem is the fact that if they keep 
Wade and Rondo, and they won basically the same thing back. And like you said, if they don't have that much cap space to make many changes and just running the same mediocre product back, that just it's not a great way to go to me. But we'll, I, we'll see. I'm basically expecting, from all the signs that's being reported, they are going to run it back. I'm hoping that maybe that they surprise me. Yeah, I, so so that's what we're going to do next. We're going to kind of jump in and talk a little bit about each one of the free agents. So you already talked about Dwayne Wade. Uh, my thoughts on Wade are pretty similar to yours. He's not going to make that kind of money in any single season, no matter what. The only way I could see Dwayne Wade moving on is if it was a case where there was a one of his buddies' teams yep. had a hole, and it was certain that they would sign him. He could jump on, contend for a championship, and go. That's the only way I can see him opting out. Because, to be quite honest, almost $24 million, it might take him two or three years to make that money back if he, he opted out. I just can't see anybody giving him even 10 plus million at this point, unless it was like one year for 15 or right. $16 yep. million, something along those lines. So... So, yeah, so I do think he is going to opt in. And, you know, from all accounts that I've heard, too, he enjoyed being in Chicago, enjoyed being back home and playing there. So so I do think he'll be back. Like I said on Rondo, so we'll go back to him as well. I just – it's – I think you're probably more right, and I probably need to go ahead and update that projection. And I probably get a little excited about the idea of the Bulls having cap space <laughs> and moving on from him. But I do think you're probably right. He probably will be back. Um you know, and, and if he plays like he did down the stretch, especially in those first two playoff games, well, then he's good. You know, and you, you want to have him, and he fits and does a lot of nice things, so we'll see. But now let's talk some of the little bit of the lesser free agents, if you will. And what I want to do here is the, these four guys, the Bulls have four restricted free agents, which is really uncommon. You don't, you don't see that very, very often. And the first one is a guy who he's been a part of the rotation since he came over, and that's Nikola Mirotic. So... I had a couple of people who have already asked me, like, how is he a restricted free agent? This doesn't make sense. Well, what's important to know with Miritich is he did not sign a rookie scale contract because the Bulls drafted him. He was not signed for the three years. So when after three years, even for first-round picks, they're not bound by the rookie scale. They can sign for whatever the team wants to sign him for. So that's what they did with Miritich. But any player with less than four years of experience, when they hit free agency – becomes a restricted free agent, or the team has the opportunity to make them a restricted free agent. So that's where he's at. My thought is that the Bulls will offer him a qualifying offer to keep their their match rights on him and allow him to, he may go out and talk to other teams, but the Bulls are going to give themselves the opportunity to match any deal. What do you think is going to happen with Miritich? One, is he back in Chicago? If not, you know, who do you think he might go to um, potentially? And what type of deal do you think he could be looking at as a restricted free agent this summer? Yeah, he is kind of a fascinating case because he's been just an up-and-down, inconsistent character. The idea of Nikola Miritic as a stretch four who can shoot threes and put the ball on the floor, draw free throws, is is great. The, the Bulls, Bulls fans wait, and the team waited several years to bring him over. And as a rookie, he was... He showed a lot of flashes. He had a big month of big month of March in his rookie season when both Jimmy Butler and Derrick Rose were hurt. He put up like 20 points a game. He was a stud in the fourth quarter. But overall, he's just been so inconsistent. His three-point shooting, at times he can go crazy, and we saw it again this year. He had a stretch this year where he, at, towards the end of the year where he was just on fire. I think it was March again. 
hashtag Miritich Madness. Well, he just went crazy, but first half of the year he was awful. He was awful in the playoffs. So he's a guy that the idea of him makes sense. The idea of him as a stretch four playing with Jimmy Butler and spacing the floor because the Bulls, their lack of floor space, and they, they need a guy like that. But you look at his inconsistency and his flaws, and you worry about overpaying a guy like that. So as, you, as a restricted free agent, they can obviously match his rights. Like you said, I would I would assume that they will give him the qualifying offer. Because it seems like the Bulls would like him back, but I think it's going to have to come at the right price. Whether a team, what kind of offer he gets, I would guess maybe somewhere between 10 to 15 million. I honestly, like, it's just completely up in the air. I'm totally fascinated to see what he's going to get. I know I've thought about the Nets, because obviously the Nets are rebuilding. They need young players. They they did when they last year they threw that big money at restricted free agents. It didn't work out for them because the teams matched. But I could see a team like them throwing him a, a bigger bigger uh, offer sheet and him signing it. And if it is too big, I would guess the Bulls do not match. But I think they would take him back at the right price. What that right price is, I'm not totally sure. Just because he is such an enigma as a player that I'm just not really sure what to make him. Even though I've, I've but like the last two years, I've been standing for him to be the breakout player, and it just just hasn't happened. Yeah, it's funny that you talked about the the whole Miritich madness, and even had a little stretch of that in the playoffs too, where there's you know he got hot for for that one stretch, and he's one of those guys who he will take the absolute worst shots imaginable, oh God, yeah. but when he's hot, they all go in. It doesn't matter, you know, fall away turnaround threes from the from the the break, above the break, which nobody shoots, and you know, and yet they're still just dropping right through the net. I'm kind of with you on him. I think he's probably going to get between twelve, probably twelve to fifteen ish, is my thought. So I'm kind of splitting the difference of where you went a little bit on that one. He is only twenty six, you know, or maybe in some respects he's already twenty six with only three years in the league. Because again, he came over after a few years, few more years overseas. But he's somebody who can help a lot of teams because of what he can do because of that ability to shoot from the floor uh, position. And that, that's pretty big. A lot of teams are still looking for that despite that being so in vogue. But not every team has a guy like that. So he's somebody I think is worth watching. But I'm with you. I think the Bulls would rather have him back. And now I want to go to the next guy in the restricted free agent class. And that's Cristiano Felicio. This guy is somebody who, at first I was a little like, eh, I don't know about this. But as the year went on, he really proved to me that he has a spot in the NBA. And he's a good, solid player. Now he's a little older. He's uh, going to be 25 here. Uh, right as free agency's kicking off in a about a month from now, he'll turn 25, so a little touch older than some of these other guys, but not so much so. He's a restricted free agent at the minimum, so an easy deal for the uh, Bulls to bring him back on. And I do think that he will be be another guy that they extend the qualifying offer to, to in order to keep match rates, because I think he's a guy that teams could be interested in as a backup forward center, inside banger kind of guy. On that. What's your thoughts on Felicio? Yeah, I agree a lot with that. And like I said, his, his cap hole is super small. And so giving that qualifying, qualifying offer really would have no effect on cap space at all. And yeah, he had a really he had a pretty nice season. He, he did struggle against the Celtics in the playoffs. But overall, he's a nice backup to have. He's an active player, solid on the boards, solid for the most part defensively. He had some issues guarding pick and roll, especially in, especially in that playoff series against Boston. He was not that good. But overall, he's a nice, younger-ish player to have, athletic tries hard, and as a backup center, that's really all you can ask for. As a restricted free agent, I would guess that 
what, maybe 8 to 10 million. Maybe some team gets crazy and gives them a little more, but I would, he's definitely a guy that I think is worth keeping around for sure for the long term. Yeah, I definitely, that's what, you know, right? I think we're in the same place where we think that's where that goes. Now we get into the two guys that are probably far more questionable. So former rookie of the year, Michael Carter Williams, and that's going to always forever sound kind of funny with the way his <laughs> career has gone. Uh, to catch everybody up, just in case you didn't know, the Bulls got him for Tony Snell, and one of those deals that was made late in the offseason, right before the season started, where everybody just kind of went, meh. You know, whatever, they're just swapping pieces around. A little more weird on the Bulls side because I was like, what do they need this guy for? They already got a bunch of guys to play point guard. But Snell had been so bad that it didn't matter. But then Snell turned around and had a breakout season in Milwaukee <laughs> and was really, really good, while Carter Williams, by the end of the year, was not really a part of the Bulls' plans anymore. Now, flipping it forward in the offseason, he's a guy I'm really kind of on the fence. I don't even think they're going to give him a qualifying offer for fear that he might just sign it, which would be about $4.2 million. And I think if definitely if they bring Rondo back, they added Cameron Payne at the uh, trade deadline this year. They still have, they could potentially bring back Isaiah Cannon. So there's other options on this team. And I'm just, and still have Jerry and Grant as well. I'm just not sure Carter Williams fits anymore. What, what's your kind of thoughts on Carter Williams and the Bulls' plans for him? Yeah, I don't think that they should even think about bringing him back. He is, he honestly became one of my least favorite players in the league by the end of the season. It was just <laughs> that's always a good thing. Absolutely miserable watching him. I just don't like his game at all. He's one of the worst shooters I've ever seen. There were several times this year he'd take a three pointer, wouldn't even come close. He's basically him and Andre Roberson. Those two are probably the worst shooters in the league. Just absolutely terrible. And offensively, just he's out of control. His Drives to the rim, his turnover is terrible. Like there were times where he could be all right defender because he's long, he's pretty athletic, but just overall the full package of him is absolutely brutal. But you mentioned that that Snell trade. Snell was bad in Chicago, but especially with the roster that they had, at least the idea of Snell is like a kind of a three and D wing. It was what they needed. They didn't need. You mentioned they didn't really need another point guard. They had Grant. They signed Ron already. I don't know why they signed another point guard in Carter Williams who couldn't shoot. So it was just a weird trade to begin with. And he was not. He was really bad all year. He was absolutely terrible in the playoffs, especially after Rondo got hurt. And I just don't see that. I don't see any reason to bring him back at all. He said if, if they extend the qualifying offer, he might sign that. Because I'm honestly not sure who would want him. I know he was rookie there a couple of years ago, but he's been so bad. He had the falling out in Milwaukee where he was a starter, and then he went to the bench, and he gets traded for Tony Snell, who had showed nothing. He was bad with the Bulls. He's a guy who might be like a minimum salary guy. So maybe some team will give him a little more than that, an, ex- uh, an exception, just because he's still young and has some talent, I guess. But I think overall he's just a bad player who the Bulls should not even consider bringing back. Yeah, and, you know, what's interesting with with Carter Williams is he really only won that rookie of the year because he was on a terrible team yep. where he had the ball all the time. Yeah, and – there was no one else to do anything on that 70. That was the 76ers' first year of the hinky teardown uh, process. And Carter Williams just giving the ball was a weak rookie class to begin with. And, you know, he exactly what he said, just put up numbers. So, yeah, I, I don't know that he'd get $4 million, So if he signs it, that's just kind of throwing away money at that point <laughs> for the Bulls. And there's the other thing is, too, he's not even a guy, at least Jerry and Grant, you might be able to throw him in lineups with Payne and Rondo on occasion and slide him off the ball. Carter Williams hasn't shown any ability to do anything like that. So, so I think he is probably moving on. 
The other and last restricted free agent, Joffrey Laverne, he's another guy I think, again, they've got Felicio. They're probably going to look to bring back Miritich. They've already got Lopez up front. They still have Bobby Portis. They've, they've got a lot of other bigs. I think Joffrey Laverne's a guy the Bulls can probably do without and move on from. Again, another guy qualifying offer of $2.1 million. Eh, not really sure. He, he might sign that as well and just uh, you know grab that money and come back. And So my thought is he's, he's another one out the door, move on, take the cap space instead. What are you thinking on Laverne? Yeah, I mean, he's a guy. He's He was okay in some minutes, bad in others. I mean, if they kept him around at a super cheap price, it's like a fifth big, it'd basically be a whatever. I, I just... Basically, him in general is to whatever. If he's gone, I don't care. If he stays at a really cheap price, I don't care. <laughs> just don't pay. Just don't pay him any type of money that is actually meaningful at all. And I and I'm fine with this. Yeah, that's a, that's always a good time for a guy when it's if you're here, good. If you're not, who cares? <laughs> it's always a great time for a free agent. And then the last free agent, Anthony Morrow. So Anthony Morrow was kind of a throw-in in the trade for campaign. That, that was really the Bulls' target was to get campaign as they sent out Taj Gibson and Doug McDermott, and Morrow came back. Now, Morrow was an afterthought for most of his time with the Bulls. He only played in nine games with Chicago, and then he ended up coming in the to one of the final playoff games, and he had a bunch of points in a playoff game, which was a little came out of nowhere. So that was a, a little bit of a surprise. But my guess would be with uh, Morrow that, again, another guy, they'll just probably let him go. His cap hold is pretty robust. It's $6.6 million, so you can move that off. They're going to have any shot at cap space. They've got to let some of these guys go. So, my again, my thought is Morrow can go somewhere else. Plus, I think he'd rather be – a deeper bench guy on a contender than back yeah. with Chicago. Were you in the same page? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, he's just a guy. He's in his 30s. He's a veteran. He could probably go sign somewhere for the minimum or, like I said, or a smaller exception with a better team than the Bulls. Like I said, if they brought him back at the minimum or something really cheap, I mean, I'd be fine. Veteran, shooter off the bench, whatever, like not a big deal. I mean, that's fine, but if he moves on, he moves on. Yeah, and that's kind of the case for, we already talked Rajon Rondo in depth, but they're, they're partially guaranteed guys. Isaiah Cannon, so the deal with him is that he is on the books for 200000 guaranteed of his $1.5 million contract. He's going to get that no matter what. Uh, but the Bulls could waive him by, June, uh, let's see, June 30th is when he becomes fully guaranteed. So just before the start of free agency. My thought is that they, it probably depends. If they're going to go full pog here and try to get rid of everybody and have a bunch of cap space, there's no reason to keep Isaiah Cannon around. We might as well let him go too. If you're going to bring everybody else back, then you might as well bring him back. You could do a heck of a lot worse than him for $1.5 million as a backup guard, especially on a team that needs shooting. Is that Where, where do you see Cannon? Do you think he's back? Do you think he's definitely gone? Uh, how do you see that one playing out? The only thing with him is I, I do think that he, and in the playoffs he tried, bless his heart, he tried really hard. He did a decent job at Isaiah Thomas. He's an R-edge shooter, kind of streaky. But uh, the thing is they have, if, if Rondo's back, they still have Grant, and you mentioned Cameron Payne, and Cameron Payne allegedly is a point guard of the future, quote-unquote. Like, <laughs> I mean, are they going to keep four point guards again? And that was one of the running jokes this year with the Bulls. Is they had, like, six point guards, and they were all bad. So, I mean, I guess you can keep Cannon as, like, a 14th or 15th man for cheap, but I'd, I mean, I mean, fine, whatever. Like I, I would, it wouldn't bother me at all, but I guess – 
he would be way deep on the depth chart. It's it's really funny that you mentioned all the point guards on the roster, and then probably the best one of all is Jimmy Butler, and he's not yeah. even a point guard. Yep. <laughs> and then the second best one might be Dwayne Wade, and he's also not a point guard. So you know, when you it's always it's always good when you load up on point guards and then also have two ball dominant wings. That, that's you know solid roster building up and down there. So so we we've now talked to all the free agent. We talked to the non guaranteed or partially guaranteed players. So really where the Bulls can look to do potentially some damages in the NBA draft. They have the 16th overall pick right smack in the middle of the draft there. And what is it that you, without really getting into players, because that's at a point in the draft where really you're kind of just guessing unless you know for certain that they have a guy in mind as a target. But what is the type of guy, position, or type of player that you think they're looking at adding? So... When they talk, when Gar Foreman talked about last year about getting younger and more athletic, I I feel like I would and then they drafted Denzel Valentine. I think it's not exactly young. He was an old senior and not really that athletic. I, I don't mind Denzel Valentine, but not not exactly what I was looking for. I would like to see just another younger, well, obviously going to be younger, but an athletic wing, a three and D type wing that can make plays athletically, hopefully shoot a little bit. I mean, not obviously going crazy and talking about the Bulls contending with the Warriors anytime soon, but just in general, the idea, you look at a team like the Warriors, obviously they have loaded with star players, but they loaded the roster with big wings, athletic wings that can handle the ball, shoot a little bit, and I feel like that's the idea that you want. You want versatile players who can do multiple things. So if you're looking at, at that 16 spot, I would hopefully want somebody like that and a couple, just we name a couple guys. I know it seems like Donovan Mitchell is a guy who's been rising up draft boards. I don't know if he'll be around. It seems like he might go almost in the top ten. But someone like that, I've seen, I've read some stuff about Terrence Ferguson. Looks like Draft Express has them mocked a little later, but a guy like that seems sounds great. A lot of Bulls fans joke about them taking Justin Jackson from North Carolina, which would kind of fit the older, or big program, not athletic player. I wouldn't see if they did take him. He's Draft Express actually has... That's who they have. That's what I was just going to say. That's who they have yeah. locked in for them. And so. another yeah. guy, I know a lot of, another guy like that is Luke Kennard, another older guy who can shoot, he can score, but not exactly the most athletic <laughs> from another from a big program. I just I just want them to see that, get more versatile players, get athletic, get guys who can actually, if they're going to keep Hoiberg around, keep get guys who can actually run up and down the court and play on the wing with Jimmy Butler and actually be worth anything. Because the Bulls just were they don't they they don't push pace. They're not they're not a very athletic team. Like I said, Denzel Valentine, the idea of him is kind of nice as like a secondary ball handler shooter, but like I said, he can't really drive. He's not very athletic. And you can just see when they play some of those athletic teams, like one team, the Bucks, the Bucks smoked them multiple times too. And they would just get overwhelmed by those younger and athletic teams. So I would like to see them draft so a two-way wing or potential two-way wing that's athletic. I mean, there are some other bigger guys that they could they could probably use another athletic big guy as well, depending on what they do with their big guys, especially with like Nico and Felicia or whatever. But I am hoping for a a, way, a wing that that can actually run and jump and be athletic. <laughs> Yeah, and the interesting thing is on that too is a guy like that becomes almost a uh, a 
protection for you for uh, Jimmy Butler. If if, yeah. if he's traded, you want to have somebody who can really step in and take his place. And that's where I think you know a guy who could potentially fit there is uh, maybe like an OG Ananobi. Yeah, I was actually just thinking about him. He's, yeah, he's, like, he's fifteen right now. Like, yeah, yeah. It's it's really all the guys in that range. I actually kind of like John Collins for him. He's projected at fourteen to the Heat right now. He's a power forward who can score. He's shown a little bit of ability to add uh, range on his jump shot. He might be somebody because they're, they're really kind of lacking an inside. Um, big scorer presence because Robin Lopez gives them a very little bit of that but not very much and none of their other bigs are guys who are going to get it on the block and do much damage so that is is really interesting to think about that one um, yeah it's it's going to be one of those drafts where you know it, it is funny they say you know they, were, they wanted last year to go younger and quicker and faster and then they, they drafted Denzel Valentine who then I think people were like alright hey he's not any of those but he's still a good player and then he could barely see the floor throughout the course of the regular yeah. season which was you know one of the really for me the bigger disappointments because I feel like when Denzel Valentine did get to play he did some nice things and he did the guy can play he's you know he's a solid player you know can do do some things on both ends of the floor he's a good ball mover uh, just a smart smart guy I I openly admit I probably overrate every single Michigan State <laughs> player I love all of them I think they're all going to be fantastic in the pros every single one and some of them like like Brandon Dawson I still believe will at some point be good, but he's never going to be. Um, so that's a, you know, just just a thing for me. So, all right, so moving past the draft, if we get into free agency and the Bulls do have a little bit of cap space to spend, what do you think they're looking to spend it on? It doesn't necessarily have to be specific player, but what, what direction, what, what kind of guys do you think they need to bring in? Yeah, I mean, they could certainly use shooting. I mean, that was the whole thing about last year is that they had like, little shooting, I think I would like them to see them go out if they are going to not trade Jimmy and if they are going to try to build with him or whatever. I would like to see them try to get an upgrade at point guard, but I, like I said, I think Ron will be back. But looking at the point guards, I think guys like George Hill and Patty Mills would be a nice fit with Jimmy, but I also think they're going to be a little too expensive, and I don't know if they probably won't have that cap space. I guess if, it, if Ron, they moved on from Ronald, they might be able to open up a decent amount. And because... Whenever we mentioned the Jimmy Butler at point guard thing earlier. He can he cannot be a full time point guard. Yeah, but he can he can dominate the ball a lot. And we've seen especially in later at the towards the end of games where Jimmy Butler would be the point guard. So while he wouldn't necessarily start the game as the point guard, as the game goes on and as you get in the fourth quarter, Jimmy Butler is your basically your nominal point guard. You need to surround him with guys that can play off the ball, that can shoot, and do stuff like that. Which is why I think if you look at guys like George Hill or Patty Mills, something like that, I think. Those would be decent options at point guard. But, again, I think both of those guys might get a lot of money. George Hill's also a little up there in age. I don't know if you want to pay big money to him. I feel like he'll probably stay in Utah. I know Utah, I'm sure, would love to have him back. I think I've read this. Maybe the Spurs would be interested. I think Zach Harper actually mentioned that the Spurs might be interested in him. But I think I, don't, I would like an upgraded point guard. I'm really not expecting it. Other than that, shooting, they could certainly use more help on the wing. If we're looking at some of the t- top wing players, and obviously they're not going to get any of the big, they're not going to get any of the big names. Like they're not getting Gordon Hayward. They're not. I doubt they're going to get a guy like Blake Griffin. Chris Paul's not going there. Lowry's not. I can't imagine a guy like Kyle Lowry going there as a, as a point guard. Millsap can't imagine it. Like I just can't see them getting a big name. I mean, maybe they go after a guy like Danilo Gallinari, who I believe has declined his player option. He'll be a free agent. It wouldn't be bad. I mean, he's a guy who can shoot. He just has struggles staying healthy, but as a four, as a wit three slash four, 
wouldn't be a bad option. But I just, ultimately, I feel like that the cap space is just really not going to be that much because I think Wade, Wade and Rondo will be back, and they're just going to take up so much of it. And if they end up keeping Miritich too, they're just not going to have that much views, and they're just going to be looking to add around the edges. So, and if it comes down to that, I would just look for guys that can shoot slash maybe another wing or two that can hopefully be a three a D guy. Yeah, and that's where I'm at as well. Is it, you know, and I think over the course of this conversation, I'm gonna go and update my projection and drop Rondo back in there <laughs> because I do, I do think he probably will be back. The, the more we talk about, it, the more I look at it, it probably just makes the most sense. But one thing that is really kind of interesting about it is a guy who I would keep an eye on. Now I think this guy's gonna sign with one of two places, and I'm not, I'm not reporting anything here. This is just a gut feeling, but I think Rudy Gay is somebody that they could potentially look at as somebody who could come in on a reasonable one-year contract, maybe a one-plus-one with a player option or something after that, really kind of try to rehab his value. And he is not a perfect fit, but he is probably at this point more a stretch four than he is a wing player. So I think it will be uh, interesting to see him potentially come in and be there. But I, I think it could be Chicago, or I think he, he's a guy I really think the Heat could go after. And this isn't the Heat podcast. We're going to do that one later. <laughs> but but he's just the guy. I've got this feeling that he's going to be one of those guys who's going to pick up. And then we're going to be like, oh, man, Rudy Gay, look at how good he's been. He's going to rehab his value. Then he's going to sign a big contract in 2018 and stink. Um, but this is, you know, complete aside. But, it's, you know, those are the kind of guys I think the Bulls might be looking at. I think, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with wing shooters. I think they will probably – they're going to be out of the market for any of the big ones. Yeah, like, Red, like Reddick, like – I yeah. See them getting him. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle Corver, like all Corver. those. Yeah. Big time guys. Another guy, if the Kings let him go, that I could potentially see them uh, jumping on could be a guy like Ben McLemore. Ben yeah. A yeah, little, little younger. I could maybe even see a Jody Meeks potentially take a shot on him if you wanted to bring him in and see if he can stay healthy. And he, he was actually pretty good when he was healthy for the Magic. Um, but those are the kind of guys I think you're looking at, that, that second and third tier type of wings. So it's, um you know, at this point for the Bulls, I think it is, they're probably going to look pretty similar to what they look like now, barring something really unexpected in, you know, trade for Jimmy Butler. Now, if, if Jimmy Butler gets traded at the draft, then all bets are off. Yeah, I yeah. think Wade's gone. I think Rondo's gone. I think they just completely, you know, hopefully say, you know what, if we just got to rebuild this Dang. thing and go from there. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, that's that's what you would hope for. But, you know, our history tells us may, maybe not. But, you know, Jay, anything else you want to add on the Bulls, or do, do you think we just about uh, covered all of it? Uh, I actually wanted to just put a, a thing about the Rudy Gay thing. I feel like yeah. that would be a very, very bold signing because he's a biggerish name, and I think, Fans would be like, oh look, it's Rudy Gay. He's <laughs> yep. a lot. He's he'll be re- he could be really good, and especially coming off an injury, like it, it would that would definitely be a very bold signing that wouldn't surprise me at all. Like I would definitely not be thrilled about it, but if they got, I guess if they got him for cheap, why not? If it's like a one year deal, because I know the Bulls, especially when we, if we're talking about free agency this year, which they probably won't have. Like I said, we, they probably won't have that much cap there, but it seems like their whole grand plan, if they do not trade Jimmy Weller, is that they're going to have flexibility in 2018. That's when Wade will be gone. I would guess Rondo's gone by then. And if they do have Jimmy still, that then in 2018 that they'll have all this cash space and flexibility to add good players and take advantage of trades. It seems like that's what their whole thing is. I'm curious. I'm guessing that they won't be looking to hand out any bigger long-term contracts. Maybe they will just because they figure that they will have 
some of those guys will be leaving after next year. Who knows? It's, it's just really just not very not very exciting to think about the future of the Bulls right now. And which is sad considering they have such a good player in Jimmy Butler. And I'm curious also to see with how with him and and moving forward with his future because he could be up with that designated player exception if mm-hmm. he makes the all NBA next year, which I'm curious if maybe that would be one reason for them to trade him if they don't want to pay him like forty million a year over the next five years into his thirties. That's I feel like that's I know they would want to keep him to stay relevant and stay, whatever, stay mediocre and possibly get into contention, but then I could see them not wanting to pay him that huge contract and end up trading him. It just, it's, all, it's all just kind of a depressing situation for them, because even though they're not bad, and there's obviously teams with way worse situations and way more bleak futures, and the Bulls, they're just kind of stuck in that treadmill mediocrity where you don't want to be, which really stinks considering they have a player as good as Jimmy Buller. Yeah, that's uh well at least we ended on a really high note there. Yeah, least, totally. You know, <laughs> you know, if any Bulls fans are listening to this, you know, please please uh you know get pull over if you need to if you're driving, dry the eyes because it was that, that was a sad ending, man. You brought me down. But it's uh you know it was um you know it it is interesting to see you know what happens. I I do want to touch on something you just said is that 2018 flexibility is huge. They don't have a lot of guaranteed money on the books for 2018. It's really the only significant is Butler at 19.8 million and Robin Lopez at 14.3, who obviously are both good and useful players. So you know they they really could. I think the big thing is, I don't know how much whatever they do this summer, unless it is to move on from guys, but if they keep guys around, I don't think they can do a whole heck of a lot to improve. They're probably still a bottom half of the Eastern Conference playoff picture team. Maybe they could climb into the 4 or 5 range if everything really went right. I think the big thing is, just don't do anything dumb that's more than a year. Yeah. <laughs> for a contract, if you want to hand out a big deal to to a guy like Rudy Gay, go ahead. It doesn't. It's not going to really matter anyway. You know, but just don't load up your books anything beyond this year because that's when you can really start to to make some moves and turn things around. So, you know, that is going to close us out though on the Chicago Bulls. But Jay, I want to give you a chance before we leave. Go ahead and plug anything that's going on over at FanRag Sports. Yeah. So obviously. Finals, possibly we're right on the brink of possibly being done with the NBA season. Warriors going for the going for the sweep. We have Zach Harper is covering the finals for us out there, so that's pretty neat. So we've got a ton of finals coverage. We're obviously gonna have draft, plenty of draft coverage coming up, coverage coming up, and all the free agency stuff. That's always it's always a fun time of year with draft and player movement and free agency and stuff like that. So plus, we got coverage for all that, all that stuff at FanRag Sports NBA. Like I said, we have tons of finals covered and stuff like that. So, FanRagSports.com, NBA, we got all that kind of stuff. Like I said, you could also follow the Bulls coverage that we have at bloggable.com. Kind of quiet right now, but as things with the draft and frequency heat up, we'll obviously have a lot more stuff from there. And then you can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore J. And then you can also follow uh, NBA at NBA. And then for the bloggable, that's at Bulls Blogger. So that's where you can find all, all our bowl stuff and our general NBA stuff is all at fanrexsports.com. 
So that's basically about it. That's it, you know, and, and for anybody who's listening to this show, you're probably at least as big a fan of the offseason as you might be in-season. Um, I know we have a lot of people who love the NBA offseason, then the season comes around, it's kind of, eh, all right, I'll check back in around the trade deadline. And that's, that's probably a lot of what my listeners are. They're, they're interested in roster building and how it all comes together and the, the cap and those kind of things. But, Jay, I just want to say thank you once again for coming on the show. I really, really appreciate it. This was fantastic to get in-depth on the Bulls. Again, you have been listening to the NBA Front Office Show, part of the Almighty Baller Network. I am Keith Smith. You can find me on Twitter at KeithSmithNBA. Hit me up with any feedback on the show there. We're trying to make this the best show it can be for those fans of roster building, salary cap, free agency, trades, all those types of things, anything transaction and front office related. We've got a lot more team previews coming. We've got a really cool guest uh, that may, may run potentially before this show runs. We're just working out the timing on getting that guest uh, in studio to get everything recorded, so we're really excited about that. It is a former front office executive. That's as far as I'm going to tease that show. And if it's already played, then go back and listen to it again, because I can promise it's going to be that good. But again, Keith Smith, if you are listening to the show and you're a fan, please head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and review. It really does help the show quite a bit to get known and get things out there with that. So thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time. Hey, your feet wet? My feet are wet. Here's the drain plug. You put the plug in the drain, right? Ah, uh, it's on the dock. There's a reason they say curse like a sailor. Ah, Many reasons. Progressive's boat insurance has you covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. And now, an ad from Dad. Save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Yeah. Tell you another way to save money. Don't buy those uh, expensive coffees every morning, you know. Then you can save up for a, I don't know, a really nice dress shirt. I'm just saying. It's great that you feel comfortable here at work, but, you know, an adult could walk in. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.